Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. With Lee Lonsberry, from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. The inauguration of Joe Biden. Special coverage on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome to this Friday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Very excited for the program we have in store for you today. Uh, going to have some conversations with some fascinating people, including we're going to wrap up the program uh, with a woman named Sarah Barney. Uh, Sarah's husband, Lynn Barney, found his name on a fascinating list just last week. In the night before the inauguration of now President Joe Biden, Lynn Barney received a pardon from President Donald Trump. How did that pardon come about? It's an absolutely fascinating story, starting in a store. Uh, Lynn Barney wanted to buy something, and due to some some blemishes on his legal record, uh, was prevented from making that purchase. The only way to make the purchase ultimately he wanted to make would require a pardon from the president. And if you're you know, like me, and you're facing a situation like that, the, the likelihood is not that the story is going to end with the president pardoning you. Well, I'll give you the full details on that story, uh, plus a conversation with wife of Lynn Barney, Sarah Barney, uh, to wrap up the program today. Before we get there, though, so much to discuss. So much to discuss. Uh, executive orders. We'll be talking about the latest details released about Monday's upcoming impeachment trial in the United States Senate. What's the actual timeline going to look like? And what will the actual proceedings look like? There's some opportunities to learn uh, about neat little caveats in uh, U.S. policy and Senate rules. <laughs> and as exciting that as that sounds, I can assure you it is. Uh, Though, to kick off the program, I want to go back and look at a few things that took place on Inauguration Day that may have been overlooked, or at least on this program, we didn't exactly have time to cover. Uh, And I will just say up front that I am a new fan of poetry. Yeah, uh, poetry. I'm sure you know where this is going. There was a presentation of about five minutes in length from a young woman, 22 years old, named Amanda Gorman. She now the youngest poet to ever deliver a poem at a presidential inauguration, that being a tradition that dates back many, many years. Amanda Gorman delivering uh, delivering the poem entitled The Hill We Climb. If you forgot, let me give a uh, give you a little taste of what we heard the other day. Here is just a portion of that poem, again, entitled The Hill We Climb. 
somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. I'll play some more excerpts of that poem here if we have time in the next few minutes before the commercial break. But uh, as soon as she started speaking, I was transfixed. As soon as she started performing, and that's the best way to describe it, really. It was more than just someone reciting something from memory. It wasn't just someone reading a speech or reading the lyrics to a song. Uh, this was truly a, uh, uh, a visual presentation as well as a delivery of spoken word. Uh, Amanda Gorman, very, very impressed with that young woman. And I, I, I don't know that I owe anyone an apology uh, other than to maybe myself for honestly most of my life, certainly my, my adult life, I have really never given poetry a chance. I've never really given it the time of day. And it, it, it kind of dates back to, to junior high. When I was a junior high school student uh, in a small town, I looked, I looked at uh, a bulletin board in the middle of a science class that I wasn't really paying attention to. And on that bulletin board, there was a flyer calling for entries into a poetry contest. The winner would receive, uh, there was a cash prize plus the promise of being published in this big tome of uh, of poetry from around the country, uh, authored by young people and old. And I thought, how hard can that be? My attitude at that stage was, uh, you know, poetry is just a bunch of flowery language all thrown together with some supposed deep meaning. Supposed. And I thought, I know, like, some words. I could throw them together and make them sound flowery. Who knows? Maybe I will trick the adjudicators of this poetry contest into, <laughs> into selecting my poem for publication. And so I, I tapped my friend on the shoulder. Uh, he was sitting there next to me. And I said, hey, hey, listen, you want to uh, quit paying attention to this science stuff and uh, scribble down a poem and submit it to this contest? Oh, yeah, let's make it like real deep sounding. <laughs> and, and he says, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely I do. And so here's what we did. Uh, we, we started with a title. And the title is, and, and, and forgive me, I'll tell you in advance, I don't have a copy of this poem today. I remember only the title and that we wrote it there in uh, science class. The title was <laughs> the most deep title I could come up with, Alone in Myself. Alone in Myself was the name of the poem. And get this, we wrote it from the perspective of a house cat. <laughs> yeah. And on that flyer there hanging on the bulletin board in science class for this poetry contest was an address to send it to and some criteria you had to write about yourself a little bit and we thought you know what heck this sounds like it's deep enough to be accepted as poetry we sent it off and guess what a few weeks later we got a return uh, reply from the adjudicators of this poetry contest we had been we had been selected for publication and so the uh, the first and last published poem authored by yours truly, Lee Lonsberry, was written uh, as a joke in junior high. And I and that kind of uh, cemented in my mind for far too long 
that, uh, you know, that poetry wasn't really something that was for me. It wasn't something that would, you know, elicit emotion or convey emotion to me. And so I, you know, as I continued growing and made my way into adulthood, I was never one to read poetry. And I am so very grateful that earlier this week, young 22-year-old Amanda Gorman delivered such a powerful performance rooted in her poem, again, The Hill We Climb. I am so grateful that she was, you know, throughout her career, uh, which really started in earnest uh, in 2017 when she was selected as the first youth uh, poet laureate for the United States. That's a a distinction now about four years running. Uh, She, the first to bear that distinction. I'm so glad that that came about and that her work was seen by, you know, just the right folks. Uh, and ultimately, she found herself uh, center stage with the eyes of the world looking at her. And so that we could be reminded that, uh, you know, <laughs> it may have earlier in our lives been something we joked about and laughed about uh, because a little too touchy-feely. But that poetry, in fact, can uh, contain, you know, real powerful emotion and that it can communicate real powerful messages. And so hopefully you're, you're there with me. And if not, uh, we, let me extend this invitation to you. Uh, make your way over to YouTube or wherever it is you, uh, you watch your videos and track down this poem. It's called The Hill We Climb. It was delivered by, again, Amanda Gorman earlier this week. We aired it live here on these airwaves. And so maybe you caught it then. If you happen to miss it or even if you, uh, you heard it the first time but uh, you were only half paying attention, give it another listen. Uh, As we wrap up this segment here, let me play for you uh, the end of this poem, again, titled The Hill We Climb, uh, authored by and performed by Amanda Gorman at the inauguration of President Joe Biden. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with every breath from my bronze-pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the West. We will rise from the wind-swept Northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked South. We will rebuild reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation in every corner called our country our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful when day comes we step out of the shade aflame and unafraid the new dawn blooms as we free it for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it if only we're brave enough to be it Amanda Gorman, 22 years old, The Hill We Climb. She performed that at the inauguration of now President Joe Biden. I invite you to listen to it in its entirety. Only five minutes or so. Go track that down. Give it a listen. Quick break right now. When we return, we're going to have a look at executive orders. Executive orders, good or bad? I know that's a pretty broad question. We'll try to answer it next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, 
but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.